The following Markers on the Map special contains full spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians, it's time to go on our next mission. We got everybody here. We got Rocket Green Badoof. Ready, sir. We got Robert the Destroyer. Where is the next time? Uh, doesn't say mission or adventure on the time clock. Hold that thought. We got Blast Wave, the Echidna. I am Blast Wave. And we got the Gamekeeper. Wait, so I'm supposed to be Gamora here? Uh, you're the only one whose name starts with a G, Gamekeeper. But Green Badoof, you, uh, Gamekeeper, Rocket Green Badoof does not start with a G. Ah. I am Blast Wave. Uh, Blast Wave says you need to shush your mouth, Gamekeeper. Gamekeeper, give us an update on our situation. Well, we are headed to, ooh, we're headed to a deep and dangerous place. We're headed to the Pop Red Nebula. What's your take on this, Robert? Pop Red Nebula is one of the most dangerous places on this entire universe. What on earth do we have to do there? Also, what is Earth? We gotta meet somebody there, and we gotta we gotta take care of some business. Some business that I, I don't think we need to get into the details of here, uh, crew. Oh, what did you do? What did you do? Nothing, crew. Let's just go to this Pop Red Nebula and and, and take care of it. All right, setting a course for the Pop Red Nebula. Star Daniel, we got a transmission coming in from, uh, oh, I don't know how to say this, but, uh... I am Blast Wave. Blast Wave says we got a transmission coming in from Pop Red. Put him on screen. Put him on screen, sir. Game Land! The Red Rings and the DualShock! Wait! This is classic Pop Red. S simulator, can we switch over to modern Pop Red? Switching over to modern Pop Red. He's yelling at us. Game Land. Long have I waited for this opportunity, right here in the Pop Red Nebula, to take this ship down. The Oreo will fall today. You will not reach land on the Pop Red Nebula. I know you've been waiting for this, Robert. To battle! I was looking at the outer space. Uh, what is that thing over there? Whatever it is, we'll take it on full force, won't we? I say we gear up all our weapons and get ready to blast it out of the sky. It's, it's coming, it's coming closer. I, I think it's just some sorcery. It's ensorcelled! It's not sorcery, Robert! I, I still don't know what it is then. It's too far away for me to see if it's not sorcery. It looks like a dragon! It looks like a dragon! We better fire on it! Is this the glorious battle you've been waiting for? It will suffice for now. Eh, I've fought bigger. Alright. Well, if you fought bigger, then it should be no problem for the five of us to take this all on at once. Pop Red. He's going down. Guys, guys, guys. We gotta cut the simulation. I'm getting a little motion sick. I'm getting a little motion sick. Can we cut, cut the simulation? I am Blast Wave. Blast Wave, we're cutting the simulation. You don't have to be in character anymore. I Blast Wave. We're not in the simulation. I don't know what you're saying anymore. All it sounds like you're saying is I, I am Blast, Blast Wave. Wave. I know what he's saying. Ah, no! We are cutting the simulation. Whew. Gang, 
I gotta go home and play some No Man's Sky. That always just alleviates my motion sickness. Blastwave, you wanna come play? Yeah, I don't know. Kind of not being real nice oh, right now. Fine, I'm leaving. Goodbye, Green Badoof. Actually, Marker's crew, I got a little business of my own to take care of. I've been dusting off the old archives of gameplays lately. Uh, so, uh, maybe we'll find one to air. Alright. If they're dusting them off, this must be some ancient Actually, relics. Blastwave, I'm gonna need your help. You've been helping me the past couple weeks for some of these old relics, so come with me. Alright. And then there was the two of us, huh, Robert? So, I guess our Guardians fantasy didn't pan out today, but how about we talk a little about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for PlayStation 5? And who would this be by now? This would be by the legendary Idis Montreal, and published by Square Enix. Back when? This came out... 21? Yeah, this this is less than old. a year old yeah. at the point of recording. It's like August 2021, I want to say? Maybe mm-hmm. September? I can't quite remember the exact date, but... We are going to do ourselves a Guardians of the Galaxy special right here on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where, yes, you heard it here. We're talking Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, an excellent game. I remember putting it as number two of my 2021 top ten. Mm-hmm. Only Metroid Dread was able to, you know, top this one. And you uh, finally got to play it. So uh, as promised long ago, um, we are going to have a special episode. But before we get started, you might have heard I am Star Daniel, your host of Markers on the Map. And I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert the Destroyer. Robert, how you doing? Always on the hunt, but I guess that's how I feel. Is that what you mean? Uh, <laughs> I feel fine. Awesome. You ready to talk a little? You ready to talk some space games here? <laughs> one of probably, I, I would say is one of my favorite space games. I've, I haven't played many, but this is probably one of them that I, I enjoy very much. Yeah, definitely. So the way we thought we would go about this is to intertwine the gameplay mechanics along a discussion of the story. So. Um, You heard this in the preview or the intro, whatever came at the beginning of the episode. This will have full spoilers for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. So this is your final warning. We will be discussing the plot of this game, uh, or at least the major points in their entirety. Um, But we will be uh, kind of splicing that in with a discussion on the evolving gameplay mechanics. So best to just go ahead and get started. There's no news this week except for the fact that if you are on PS Plus Premium, you can actually go play Guardians of the Galaxy for yourself if you haven't already i highly recommend it and i'm sure you do too probably would recommend anyone even even if you don't have the plus just to go out and get it it's usually on sale not for that much famously went on sale for like half off on like black friday last year yeah which was i think that was a steal that was a steal. it's actually on sale on the ps store as as we're recording so by the time this episode goes up that sale might still be going on but alas Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy starts back in the 80s in Peter Quill's home, and it's his 13th birthday, and he's listening to Star-Lord album. Now, this was music that was was created specifically for the game, and it really Mm. is cool music. Um, very evocative of the period, and as somebody who is really into 80s music, it really does sound like it fits the the theme. Mm -hmm. Um, his room is full of interesting, you know, 
figures and posters. Some of them are fake parodies of real things. Other ones, like the Tron poster, are completely real. So uh, we have our attention to detail from the team straight off the bat. Yeah, there are stuff that's that's obviously... See, the thing is, I didn't know that Star-Lord thing was, was fake. I thought that was a real album, so I was like, huh. That's kind of funny. It's very convincing. Should have guessed. It's convincing. It's that see now this that's news to me right there. You say we got no news, but that's some news to me. It was fake. That ain't real. <laughs> no, that that was created oh. for the game. Okay, all right. I was like, oh, that's a really cool album cover. But all right, that's good. But also gonna say like they do have Tron and they also do have some uh, Star Wars. Uh, you know, a certain figure that comes you know around. Yeah, he has a he has a Chewbacca figure. Um, and that, that figure will show up later on in the game in, like, key scenes and everything. But we have Peter Quill. It's his birthday. And things are more or less normal. Um, we don't get any weird stuff just yet. So mm-hmm. he, he wakes up to none other than Drax, who we'll touch on quite a bit in this special because Drax is one of the most well-written characters in, in, a, in a game I can think of. Like, I can't speak to the comics. I can speak to the movie and the game, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. that Drax is just extremely likable and well-written, especially in this game. But we join the Guardians as they're heading into a mission in a quarantine zone where mm-hmm. they're looking for something. And this is where we kind of get our first real instance of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going around as Peter Quill and you've got your blasters, you've got a melee attack, and you're going around this very detailed, kind of like there's pink crystals everywhere in this quarantine zone. And you're just kind of learning how to play. There's a there's a basic you know run jump rocket dodge there's there's a Mm. there's a kick and then you have your blasters which admittedly are very weak at the beginning but as the game goes on you level you level them up and everything it's it's i guess it's a footnote to say i i really do need to emphasize that our experience gameplay wise will be different compared even between you and me i think we have different experience playing the game because of let's just say the accessibility which gives you like the most like ultimate way to play a game it's however you want to so because i know we're gonna get some parts where there's like there's a cooling system on the weapons but i i chose to keep it you know as you know as normal and as 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 is you know the way it was packaged as much as possible i really didn't mess with the accessibility but i do know you tend to like mess around with that actually i didn't on my first playthrough but when i replayed it to refresh myself on the story i did so i've got kind of both both going here so i know about i know about all the cooldowns and everything um and we can we can discuss how how that might help later on when we've got full sets of guardians and everything but you're going through Mm -hmm. this quarantine zone and the humor in this game is so good to where there's a point where like rocket's like no that's a dead end but you can explore that dead end and when you find out that it's a dead end he'll remind you that he said it was a dead end so this game has like they're scripted, sure, but it's like it's what the player would do in a game like this. They would explore mm. that to see if there was like a collectible or something. Um, they'll put up a little count, like a little counter at the top to see who can kill more little, um, like the spore oh, rock things yeah, there between like, Rocket and Peter Quill. Yeah, Rocket is just like we'll make a game out of it, and that he says it's unfair that the Peter Quill has two weapons, so now he's just gonna add like five points to his uh, yeah to his count. <laughs> So it's the whole the the writing so far is is very well done. How the characters are portrayed in media, it's it's just like they're not doing a different take on these characters. It's just this is how they're portrayed and how most of them act and and are read. But it does it very well. The the writing is is very well done here. So with all that 
we are kind of getting a scene where they're looking for something and they end up finding an infinity stone. This will be revealed to be the soul stone and they unleash something out of it. Kind of like a mismatch of polygons. Yeah, this, this thing will not have it, it's 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 funny because it's part of the story but then it doesn't come till the very end where it reveals what it is which you know most are, but it doesn't really pop up as much as you would think you know being shown in the beginning i like when i remember it towards the end i was like oh yeah that did happen it's it's, it's very weird because i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember where they were at in the first place i know it's a restricted i think it was a battle i think it was like a a, a war battle zone it was like a war zone that, it was some that place that they were restricted. definitely not supposed to be. Yeah, it was very restricted because I believe there's like giant mech robots that that were basically part of some war. It was it has something to do with Thanos. I know th- th- what they were at was in some war era that that like held this like weird, I don't know what it was. Like well, I think towards the end obviously we know what it is. I actually my favorite part about this thing coming out of the Soul Stone, um we'll call it Magus because we've already said we're going to spoil everything. Um mm. it the first boss comes up to the Guardians, and the health bars are starting to fill up, and then mm. Magus just whacks it, and there is no boss fight. I thought that no. was extremely funny, because you're gearing up for this big, giant fight, and then Magus just comes, and like, bam, gone. Well, we also forget that they're there. They're there. They're not there just to be there. They're there for a mission. They're there to collect uh, what they perceive to be an animal of just, like, really high value. It's a dangerous It's basically a very dangerous animal they have to get and, and and transport and sell it to ah uh, yes <laughs> a llama a, lo- a yeah, blue no, one i think the llama was the fake out and then that big monster yeah. that was meant to be the boss they were looking was for the monster. yes and then eventually they died but then you have the llama and so now there's like, a llama that's part of the crew yeah so after we get that we go into a scene that i consider to be one of the greatest in like modern gaming which is the first part where you're flying the milano which is the name mm-hmm. of their ship and it starts playing um, Flock of Seagulls uh, ran so far away in this part where you're just like shooting at things and like dodging things. And it just worked so perfectly for me. I thought that was a really good introduction to flying as well as an ending to this first kind of chapter of the game. It's it's sort of one of those things where the flying mechanic wasn't too difficult it wasn't it's not sim but it's not just like a, a vehicle on a roller coaster on a trail where it's like you can't do anything you can do stuff but it won't steer you away from what's the main objective and it won't force you to sort of fly it like it's an actual simulated pilot like spaceship it's like no it's more of a like those arcadey racers where it, it, it's very easy and simple and it's not difficult to fly this machine and, it, and it's yeah. i think does the right motion of mix you a hero and that's where you shouldn't make the hero game difficult because what's the point of having a hero game that's difficult because you're just like well i don't feel like a hero right now because i'm just like not able to pass this one section it doesn't have that ultimate alliance 3 problem where hulk Mm -hmm. can get smacked by you know an agent and just die Mm -hmm. (laughs) into it exactly (laughs) um definitely wish there was actually some more i think my one gripe was that there's not enough flying parts there's about three flying parts in the game and they're all very cool um, so we we are in the Milano now. Now the Milano is where you can talk to characters, have conversations with them if you find certain relics, and they'll be like, "Oh, this is something from my past," or "This is something I really like." Um, a lot of Gamoras showed up in my playthrough, and 
you can kind of walk around the quarters in between missions, talk to your characters, and it kind of makes you feel like you're like in a living world. And it's optional mm-hmm. content. So if you're just there for playing through the story, it doesn't really force these optional conversations onto the player, which which is cool, um, especially on second runs. But we also have that area of the ship that's kind of like the bridge, the main area, where we are hailed by uh, Centurion Corell, who has mm-hmm. a past with Peter Quill, who's ba- they're basically being arrested for, for smuggling something. And it, they're going to check the ship, and you have to choose between Llama, like giving up the Llama or giving up the tech. And I think we both chose to give up the tech. <laughs> yeah, because earlier when Rock, when they're in the air, then you know they're in the whole area they're not supposed to be in. Rocket is just stealing all types of like black market gear, where this stuff is no longer on the market. This stuff is like basically like stay here. They don't make it. So this is all tech that he's trying to try trying to you know use for their spaceship. But it is the option of do we keep a llama and or do we keep the space you know techie stuff? And it gives you some reasons. Some reasons that they say, oh, get rid of the llama, keep the tech, because Rocket implies that he'll use it to upgrade your spaceship and to upgrade these parts. But the they say if you don't keep the llama and they find it, they could all be arrested right then and there for transporting technically a biohazard material because just sort of like kind of you know like any other real place you they don't know what the llama has and it could cause problems that gomorrah just pointed out there was once uh uh, uh, i think it was a disease that basically destroyed an entire field of food chain and it's sort of like all because of this one species that that went out to a different area so that's like either you get in real trouble or it's sort of a slap on the wrist uh getting having just like illegal tech and i was just like yeah i'm not gonna get caught with an animal that's technically not supposed to be here so i'll just get rid of the tech and there are a few of these choices that that show up in the game and they do some of them do very much drastically change how a level plays out we'll get to you know the early example of like the e3 presentation of this game um shortly Mm -hmm. but we we kind of go on board the nova ship you meet corell in person after you meet her daughter nikki who we mm-hmm. learn has a complicated relation will have a complicated relationship with Peter Quill because he thinks that he's your dad because of, you know, past relationships with Corel and the amount of yeah. time. Time. <laughs> so you, know, you kind of Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's weird because a part of me wanted to here's the thing i'll say this like deep down i was like there's no way it's possible even if timeline match up it i never thought that it was gonna be that i was like it's impossible they really do push for it i think Mm -hmm. until the very end um but you you, you're being taken away by her she's not supposed to be there she ends up falling and and star lord goes after her um so you're you're in this part of the ship where you're just trying to escape get back out you meet corell and then she gives you the ultimatum of give us uh, what is it like 8,000 credits in mm-hmm. three days something like that or and we're gonna put this tracking beacon on your ship so the idea is well do we find someone to go take the tracking chip off or do we go try to make the money um and in their usual guardians banter like way they decide oh you know let's go to Seknarf 9 and try to sell something to lady hellbender who is famous for you know having a menagerie of exotic creatures alien exotic creatures yes um so they head there and now the choice is on you the player to decide whether to sell rocket or Groot. Mm -hmm. and (laughs) at first 
on my first playthrough, I sold Rocket. And what mm-hmm. happens when you? Oh, I got I got to call attention to one part before we get to that meeting. There is a part where they're basically doing Chuck Norris jokes, but it's about mm-hmm. Lady Hellbender. That is one of the most funny things I have ever heard in a video game because it just <laughs> goes on for like ten minutes. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember the. I remember. I think Gomorrah was in favor of selling Groot because Groot is an actual like creature. Like he, he's a the last of his, yeah. He's the last of his kind. Technically, they say that he's the last of his kind. So he's a very rare creature. Rocket is on the opposite end where he doesn't want to sell Groot, and Rocket pr- proceeds to tell him that, "Hey, I want to put myself. You know, I'll put myself in there." Drax tends to agree with him, saying that Rocket's a vicious. Uh, maniacal like evil creature that Lady Hellbender would enjoy to have like come on like it's Rocket like he, I mean like he wants to throw him so many times yeah. on the way to her castle <laughs> and then Groot obviously in his Groot language is saying he'll go because he's the one that technically came up with the plan because they're like do this do that but then Groot says what if we just put them together in his language he obviously Groot don't talk he says I am Groot but Rocket translated to saying he says put the plans together and so now it's obviously Peter Quill uh Rocket when you sell him it's very hilarious the way there it's sort of uh adventure on its own because the you know the the ship crashes in a far distance from where they're supposed to be yeah they're all really mad at peter quill for (laughs) them having to walk forever basically it goes through all kinds of lightning storms and stuff this was the classic e3 demo Mm -hmm. um, that everybody thought was just so much to show during a showcase but this is what sold me on the game this this road to getting to the castle the, uh, and, and here's where we have the idea where Peter Quill's guns can transform when he's in extreme danger. So he's got this, like, ice power um, that you can use to freeze some of the enemies that show up later on mm-hmm. um, in this chapter. But they get to Lady Hellbender, and now who did who did you sell in your playthrough? I sold Rocket. I, I sold Rocket. Okay, I've seen so the Gru ending. When, I've definitely seen yeah, that Yeah, when one. you sell Rocket, which is what I did in my first playthrough, too... He kind of, like, the cage opens and he growls and then just, like, the combat ensues. He, he doesn't sell the, 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 the whole, like, point of, you know, the whole... Because she, she's in for exotic... Which I will say, Rocket is a very exotic, one-of-a-kind, but he doesn't sell himself very well. It's sort of... Yeah. She's just, she just laughs at the idea of, of buying Rocket. Just, like, that's hilarious. Why would I, you know, pay to have this, like, just this... He's a raccoon, but he doesn't know he's a raccoon because he says he's not a raccoon. Yeah. And we have the other idea where you sell Groot, and she's actually very receptive to it, but Mm -hmm. she also wants Drax to stay. I can't remember if she wants Drax to stay in the rocket. She does. Um, So, okay. So, wait. But she's happy about Groot. Yeah, she's. She's thrilled for Groot, and she'll pay it, but then she wants to. She'll start talking to Drax. But if you do with Rocket, she says. Instead of me buying Rocket, that she rather buy technically Drax, either for his his company or for his for his skills. So sort of like not buying him as like to say for say like buying him, but buying his time. Just sort of like you know I'll buy your time, and so you can either help me or we can quote unquote. In, in their way, they don't outright say it, but you can tell it's for a date. Because Drax is just like Peter. I don't know what he's doing, and Peter says I think she's flirting with you. So he's like just play yeah. along with it. I mean, it's the person who destroyed Thanos. Yeah. Allegedly. Drax the Destroyer. In this version, yes. 
so it, it can go either way. You do get like a nice little like, oh, let's walk over all these people while they're asleep thing if you sell Groot because you're trying to go rescue them. But eventually mm. something will happen in your playthrough to get to to incur the wrath of Lady Hellbender who will send another like the first actual boss after you and you'll mm. you'll defeat that and kind of escape oh, the planet. She was not <laughs> up, she was very upset about it. She was not happy. It's one of her So upset like they had prized, to cut her off. <laughs> yeah, it was her prized possession it seemed like like one of her favorites and it just like it doesn't end very well for it and it's just it, it's just like wow. They, now they're on the run from Lady Hellbender. And it's just all. And she this never stuff. forgets. Remember that. She never does, because it's funny. Because you have to sell, or you have to pay off a. Do we talk about the? They have to pay off a, a bounty. The fine, yeah. Yeah, the fine. Yeah. They have to pay off a fine, and that's technically where we see the first real villain of of the game, which is just a shock that it comes. Obviously, it comes way later. Uh, I'm trying to remember what happens after. After the they, you know, are basically have to pay a fine the, that lady hellbender will, will stop at nothing to get the guardians of the galaxy so now they're in a very they're in a pickle so far well they head for the nova core ship the rock right i believe they do head for yes and they do i think they go back that's where they kind of find out that like why is the ship abandoned where where is everybody and they find out that these nova core um, agents are are kind they do. of under some kind of possession um, that they don't know anything about yet. This is the only time in the game I believe it's slow. I think this is the only time where you have to follow the lo- the pipelines and and you have to open this door and end this hatch yeah. and have rocket crawl. There's a few puzzle rooms yeah. where you have to like Couple. shoot some electricity thing. I mean, they do show up later on, but this is a more concentrated like set piece where it is mm-hmm. just puzzles hallways and then eventually you'll get to some fighting but why are you fighting the nova core we don't actually know yet um and we won't find out until quite a bit later did you did you get to the part where that you meet the guy in the prison and he tells you what's going on and then you try to free him and then you accidentally like uh throw his pot out to outer space did you not do that part no, I, I did say, that part the first time, say, not the second time. It took some remembering. That's one. I forgot what the guy was called because eventually, when you're in that first that part, you get to look at everyone's. Uh, I guess uh, technically their their criminal history. They're based throughout their history of who they are, and they find the guy like, "Oops, I guess he was like who he said he was and something." And uh-huh. they're just like, "Oh well." Like, he's now in outer space somewhere. Like so That part where they go into the records is really cool because it does give some information on, like, certain characters that weren't there that you'd, like, mm-hmm. heard of from, like, media or the movies or something. Um, even Yondu's file is in there, and he, he's not in the game, but his file is there. Um, but afterwards, we go to Nowhere, which is a giant, you know, robotic Debra- head-turned-space station. Um, and we're kind of going through the Rocket place. But at this point, Rocket is so sick of them not kind of just getting someone to take the tracker off that he him and Groot kind of ditch for a while. They're angry. They're angry at Peter Quill's lack of direction, also his lack of leadership, and also if he is a leader, just his general just like choices. They're yeah. they're not maybe a Rocket's little bit of having, nonchalantness. Uh Groot doesn't really mind, but it's just Rocket and obviously Rocket and Groot are a pair. They're they you know you can't have yeah. one without the other. So he uh, it's sort of Rocket forces Groot to leave. Rocket just leaves on his own for his group to follow him. Now, as you're going through the marketplace, you can do a few optional things. You can go to, like, the Collector's Museum and, like, buy a souvenir, which might help with certain relationships mm-hmm. later on in the game. But it might also hinder your ability to pay off the fine for Novacore, which is another thing you can do. You can go to, like, a bar and there will be a character there who, like, like 
apparently knows Star-Lord, so you'll have to, like, sing karaoke with him and use some of Star-Lord's, like, dialogue options to sing the lyrics to the song. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but ultimately, you are looking for Cosmo, who, uh, of course, is the Marvel character who is a telepathic dog. But on your way to his little base you meet up with these bosses called the Blood Brothers. And Star-Lord's mm. on his own until Gamora comes in during the fight. But the Blood Brothers are invincible yeah, when, are they're together, or when they're together. together. Yeah. But if you can separate them, which is what happens when Gamora gets there, you can damage them. And this is really one of those scenes that highlights like Peter Quill being able to control the Guardians. Um, we hadn't yes. touched on this yet, but this is a single-player oh, yeah. game only unlike the Avengers game, but you have full control over the other uh, four Guardians as well as a handful of attacks. I believe it's four for each, three or four for each, that you can execute by, you know, mm-hmm. clicking a few buttons. So you've got a menu, characters will pop up, you can trap them, you can raise stagger bars or do damage, like, on a massive scale when stagger bars are full. Each character has their own unique options and abilities to help you deal with certain enemy types. Almost like a combat puzzly type of way. Yeah, it's... it's it is four, and you don't really use it. I think it's the first time it really is used very. It's very is used often here, and you kind of do use it more and more after this point. It's sort it, of it does take a long time to build up because you mm. are unlocking skills at a slower pace. I don't even think you can defeat these guys. I think it, the fight just ends in the middle. Of, I think yeah, it just I ends. Be- yeah, it ends with them actually waking up in the the mind prison mm. of Cosmo. This is where we meet Cosmo and his little puppies and rocket and Groot are there and they're still kind of like <laughs> mad and, basically. Yeah, angry. and kind of, yeah having some banter and and i really appreciate how they really doubled down on a lot of the banter like even more than the movies do like these are characters that do have the capacity to just hate each other in the moment and mm-hmm. it, it makes for some good comedy but this is where we kind of learn about you know the promise the idea of the matriarch um something is wrong and there is some kind of magic power that's being unleashed that's kind of spreading corruption through the galaxy and that is what would we would later come to know as magus which is um working alongside grand unifier raker who's a character that showed up briefly as like an emissary later earlier in the nova Corps chapter mm-hmm. and this is where kind of like a whole bunch of plot happens and is is this the part where they kind of go through the dimensions on like the giant like platform? I'm trying to And they to see remember. all the alternate dimensions, like the one that's like the Avengers, and then the they one do the yes, laughing. Okay, they yeah, that's this part. This is this part where it's Peter Quill still on Earth. I think it was like it shows it's like high school, and it's that timeline. Yeah. I think uh they there's one where they, uh, it's Captain America yelling out Avengers assemble, and then yeah. Peter Quill starts laughing, saying the Avengers. It's like that's kind of dumb. like <laughs> yeah dumb name um i i also did forget to mention that um our first trip to nowhere is where we meet mantis the first time but she doesn't really mm. become a major part of this until until lamentis chapter which is which is much much later yeah it's later so we get to this point where we're, we're going through some more nova army and then we find out that nikki herself has become kind of like the ultimate power for for the faith army like the grand unifier's army and and magus's army um she's kind of at first it seems like she's there 
by force. It doesn't seem yeah. as if they're willingly. It seems like they've taken this innocent child and in this in this dude like force her to do this. And that's what it seems at first. Until we obviously you get to the point where you're trying to, to save her. Um, but what happens is that the guardians are shown a vision. They're each shown a special vision of something that would apparently make them the happiest. And the one mm. you play through as Peter Quill is obviously like a, a, a vision in which his mother lives or not. He's back in time and is able to save his mother. He's He has the ability to now protect someone that he cared about. You know, the wishing he can go back and, and you know, fight. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed how they had a scene where the other four Guardians were also there at their home. And this is the alternate future of, like, their home being attacked by the Chitari um, mm. because they know that Peter Quill is the son of... I don't think it's... E- I don't necessarily think it's Ego in the game like it was in the movie. But mm. obviously, his father is somebody very powerful. I can't remember if they actually said his name. I think it might be the same. I think it's the same no matter what. Still might be Ego? Yeah, I think it still might be. Aside from that, it's like he's happy. So happy, in fact, that credits will roll at this he, point. <laughs> no, he's happy, but no, he's really not. He's very confused. Even though he's in the moment, it seems like happiness, but he, even Peter Quill can tell from the get-go that this is not real. He knows that none of this is real, that no matter how much he tries, he he is not Peter Quill portrayed in the in the movie series this is not peter quill at his sensitivity like he's very sensitive about the subject he's very open about what's happened and he knows that there's no that it's basically the past is the past that there's no there's no reversing this like this is impossible like this something's wrong like this ain't right which is why the game gives you a little bit of player agency upon receiving a hug from meredith in which peter quill can break free from the hug mm-hmm. and get her to stop as she kind of stumbles towards you almost robotic like almost like a monster mm-hmm. now instead of a happy memory um and then you can make the choice to break the promise escape the alternate yet fake future that this faith energy and the magus is trapping our characters in and they do all seem to find a way out but Mm. peter quill does have to kill meredith in this kind of pseudo flashback in order to break free of it i remember gamora is where her and her sister nebula which I, I believe, yeah, are, are basically still they're still together and they're still they're still sisters. That I know I don't necessarily think that the Thanos part where Thanos uh, takes her from her people, you know, that still happens. But more yeah. or less that, that they are her and her sister are, are still together and they're and they're friends. But that was hers. She she obviously doesn't get you know she she's sort of the same thing where Peter Quill she knows that this impossible is real I don't think they ever say what rocket was I don't think they ever say what rocket no was I don't remember theirs but I I, I have to it. believe it's probably something where he never got turned into rocket raccoon no, he's just a he's just a raccoon yeah and I don't remember if they said what Groot's might have been but you'd have to think it might have been something where him there was like more than one floor colossus. Yeah, yeah it was it was him probably on his planet with his people living you know whatever they used to do probably a time he used to remember because Groot was probably like thousands of years old we will get to Drax's soon but not Mm -hmm. quite yet after that they kind of meet the world mind and the world mind can't really do much it's not Mm -hmm. 
letting itself do much. Then they're challenging the world mind. Like, aren't you supposed to be the one who's like protecting everything? And then they're like, no, we can't really do this. World mind is technically sort of a spectator that they, though that world mind itself is not an, it's not a, a, a person. It's not a, it's just this I, idea of an entity and that it's, it's like the only watcher there to watch It's meant just to watch and see how the world is done. It can't interfere with how, how it plays out that no matter how they, may quote-unquote have feels which they confirm that they have no feelings that it's sort of a they just use it as information and just collectively watch it and they just leave you know because they can go from yeah. universe to universe they don't need to stay in this one but obviously they were intrigued but now they're like since it seems to become to an end they don't really care there's no personal there's no personal feeling towards it so they they just leave and i think before this we have to talk about how i think it's confirmed that uh Nikki, that Nikki is not there forcefully. She's there willingly. She's there yes. for the fact that she believes it's her fault that her mom uh, was killed. And she has a promise of her own. Yes, basically she's she's trying to live in her promise because she believes that Peter Quill is her father. And so she wants to live in this world with her mom and her perceived father, Peter Quill, are living in the same on the same ship and they're all, they're all together and there's it's everything is perfect because she doesn't want to accept the fact that her mother is dead and it, there's just, there's just a lot of so it's kind of like it's a very it does get heavy despite being a very comedic game there are mm-hmm. some moments of very very much that are heavy it's also sort of a one of those things where how 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 do i say it's sort of they mention the the the, 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 the basically they mention Adam Warlock and they sort of said that he seems to be the only one who can defeat this, but Adam Warlock died during the war, that he no longer exists, that they don't know where he's at, and it, it, and, he, and if he is alive, he's long gone, he, he, he's, he's somewhere else. So, right when they all leave, they give you the option if you want to pay off your, your, your fine. And I don't know about you, but for, for my playthrough, I chose not to pay the fine, because I said, I, well, I paid the fine off. There was a trophy tied to it. <laughs> I said, you know what? I said, if, if we're going to end, there's no point in paying this fine because it's sort of like, hey, at least keep the money. If, you know, if it, if, you know, what's the point of having this if the world's going to end? So, Just in case there, you need to spend the extra credits on a shop that will never show up for the rest of the playthrough. <laughs> yeah. I saw that there was a trophy for paying off the fine, and while I still don't have the platinum because of some of the costumes, I, I did want the, the... I'm like, oh, I gotta pay off the fine for this trophy. No, yeah, but I chose... I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna pay this fine. Like they're, I said, they're leaving us. What do I gotta follow the rules now? It's like, if they're... It's basically, I view it as if they're no longer here, there's no rules. So what's the point of paying off a rule that's no longer gonna be... You know, they're not there to pick up the Peter fines. Peter Quill basically like, pays the fine off to nobody who's listening. And just as, like, a gesture, almost. Because For nobody me, responds to the fine being paid off. I think the tracker goes off, and then it's like, bam, done. I don't ever think it comes up. Did it ever come up again after that? I'm letting you know right now, the end of my playthrough, there's a, right when you finish the entire story, this is a spoiler for the ending. Oh, obviously we're spoiling the whole story, but for my ending, uh, the ship turns off. And then Nikki says, oh, what? 
did you end, did you remember paying your fine? And then they're like, and then Peter goes like, oh, you gotta be like he's like you know upset that he oh, forgot. Oh God, that's yeah. dude, that is that is a choice that happens. That's a funny. <laughs> that's a fun. See, I like that ending though. That everything is going super well. Everything's it's amazing. It's very everything's appropriate and for then, the characters we're playing. Uh. And then it ends, and then just like it's like what's going on? And then she goes, wait, did you did you pay your fine? And he just goes, Son. and just like it ends, like you know, that like is he's pretty like funny. It's really good. I like that ending, but. More or less, they go back to the ship, and now there there seems to be a loss at hope that well they say this Adam Warlock guy is gone and that he's no longer real. So there's like what's what's the point? They're like what do we do? Like, and Rocket says the only thing we can do is just go to a distant planet and just you know hopefully it doesn't come by you know it doesn't come near us until we die of our natural causes. Like hopefully we can just live long enough to not live through it. At the same time, Drax is going nuts for some reason. Mm-hmm. We don't know why. Or maybe we do, but we head up. We end up going to Lamentis, which is Mantis's homeworld. And when Drax starts going crazy, she can use some of her psychic powers to kind of subdue him. Talk about how if you save the llama and you don't give it up, how Drax oh. when he goes crazy, <laughs> tr- he traps everybody. But the yeah, llama chews through the wall. The llama will ch- will chew through Peter Quill's wall and make a, basically a tunnel where he can squeeze through and then get everyone out of their rooms and then put Drax into like sort of a a coma and sort of like knock him out just kind of like oh we gotta get him to sleep real quick before they can get to Mantis's like home world so Drax is into his promise and he wants he everybody wants else to accept the promise it, it's a promise that I think any rational person would, would take where this is the, still the same timeline where Drax lost not only his, his wife but his daughter and Drax's homeworld is is basically gone. There's none of them left. It's sort of the same thing, but like obviously Drax wants to to be in a world with his daughter and his wife. That he wants to live in that world. So I I don't I don't give Drax any type of fault to to want to live in something that way because and you do of, feel bad for him later wants, on when yeah. he breaks free of the. We'll we'll get yeah. to that in just a we'll few minutes here. But like this is one of the most well written arcs in the whole game. Like, you could say everybody has their own arc, and Drax's just got, like, brought the drama. Um, but first, we do have to go through Lamentis, which is, like, it, it's a it's a slower and longer level that has a lot of puzzles to it. Mm-hmm. But it is highlighted by funny dialogue from Mantis saying, uh, is this the future where Rocket gets hit by that thing that falls from the ceiling? Or is this the future where we fall down here? It's like Rocket dies from the water in like 50 years. He dies from the water, so that's why he doesn't want to be in water. He hates water. Yeah. Uh, so it just it makes his fear... I feel like one of the really like well done parts of the game is where you ha- or go through these foggy tunnels and caves where and they're like oh is it the one it where sounds like, like this oh i hear this enemy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like it's it's them it sounds like that it's like, but then the the point answer to the it'll to go the on forever is you just don't do anything you say they'll they'll say no now it sounds like this but as peter cole you can say no it's nothing like there's nothing there that we're just it's hearing what we want it to hear but in reality there's nothing there and then they both how long did it take you to figure it out it took me a while because i'm like there's no way they're gonna make me fight like 50 of these enemies i said there's something i was thinking that too it took me like three or four runs through the three or four like like, run through what what are we doing here family (laughs) this is something wrong i said there's nothing there i said the only thing is you know infinite loop that basically means there's nothing there that these this this cave is 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 a loop that it's it's itself 
the the answer where there's nothing like yeah there's nothing in here there's no because it's impossible for that type of enemy to exist in that area because like how would they get here in the first place so i was like yeah these, this makes no sense like these enemies it's will deep not and lamentous there's magics afoot yeah or sorcery biggest debate of marvel's guardians of the galaxy is it magic or is it sorcery it's sorcery um so we kind of go through lamentous it's a, it's a long level um there are slow mm-hmm. parts but it does like even in the slow parts this game does keep you very entertained with the dialogue and the banter which is endless how do i forget bro when you when you're when you're finding ways of enemies and you're at your lowest peter quill can call upon his teammates for a group huddle oh yeah I how, forgot did we, about how did we miss that that's like one of the, the group best parts the group huddle. I know it's he's... it's your basic it's your like super attack move mechanic. It's your superhero like transformation sequence where technically there's still a fight going on, but then it seems like everyone tends to stop and they just huddle up next to to Peter Quill, and it'll play one of the many tracks that are in this game, which I really I really yeah. You'll enjoy have to pep part. up the team like we gotta go out there, but we can't put our, we can't lose like... our sight of our goal for one second, guys. I like how you can mess it up and they're just like. I guess that was a pep talk, and they just go back to fight, and they're just like, "All right, I guess that was something." Then they just go like, back. you'll still get powered up if you fail the the pep talk, but yeah. if you succeed at it, everybody gets powered up, and it'll go through some of the licensed songs on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have some thoughts of that at the end of the episode. I think it's a mostly perfect '80s soundtrack. There are mm-hmm. a few songs that I would replace with other songs from the same artists, but mm-hmm. that's just me being picky. Um, for like 95% of the songs are songs that I personally would have picked to curate an 80s soundtrack and talk about how it's an 80s soundtrack um, the 70s soundtrack is, of the movies is fine but I like 80s music more than anything so <laughs> like this was from the get go um, but yeah that is something that does pop up a lot during your, your combat and it, it really does make you feel a lot more powerful when those things are on like the cooldown mm-hmm. suit I don't know if they're shorter but like, the attacks there is no cooldown there is no cooldown yeah, there, well, there's no the cooldown max then. you can do is like two full battles of each character and then that like full yeah. rounds of those, their specials and then that's it so that is pretty good um when we get to the end of Lamentus we actually do end up meeting Adam Warlock but he is mm-hmm. not the man he used to be he's not the Adam Warlock we know from the media he's kind of like downtrodden he no, he's Adam Warlock. He's just like there's. I don't care. He's just like I really don't care what goes on. Like I, I'm just staying here. I really don't care. Like he's still, uh, you know, one of those. He's probably the strongest Marvel character ever. But he doesn't care. Isn't he the one that origin? Like I'm trying to think back to Infinity Gauntlet. Like doesn't Adam Warlock fight against Thanos or Galactus? He defeats Thanos. Like I think the only people yeah, who defeats defeated Thanos, Thanos comic, is right? like Adam Warlock, Drax the Destroyer, and, and uh. What's her name? Uh, Nebula. In different variants Nebula. of the comics, but most of the time it's Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock is the like the number one like quote unquote powerful Marvel hero. Each hero obviously has their weaknesses and strengths, but Adam Warlock seems to be the one that consistently defeats Thanos in every timeline. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised we haven't got him in the MCU yet, but we did kind of get a tease in the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like Adam Warlock seems to be, yeah. as a tease. Talk about the man's alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> every sentence every couple of words it's all alliterative it's very it's very funny <laughs> they basically tell him that they need his help that though that they got to defeat this thing and animal kind of says that okay i think i know what it is and he kind of 
remember so then they tell him who's the leader of the cult and he goes i know who he is we used to be friends like he used yeah. to be my friend so now adam warwick has a personal reason to to it's two reasons it's for he knows what the monster is and then he knows who the guy is so now he knows how to defeat it and what to do so now they have to team up and then drax is at his final point where he has to give up on his promise that basically he has to come to the fact that there's no way there could be a timeline where him, his his wife and his daughter can be in his in his time anymore. It's like it, it's sort of in the past. And we do get a level here with that where it's very unique. We are going into Drax's mind with Mantis's help. So we are kind of walking into the mindscape and we've got um, a, a playable area of his home world. And you have mm-hmm. like a fight against fake Thanos clones and you eventually really come weird. upon... Um, Drax talking to his wife and daughter and it's this like emotional gut punch where he he's like why are you following me and they're just trying to easily bring him back out from his promise which like mm-hmm. he's definitely the one that is mo- that is the most difficult to get rid of because it is like it's some serious love he has for his family and his home world and you can really tell like the, the, the performance of the actor that does Drax um, is so convincing. Yeah, um, it's if in, you look in this at, scene especially. If you look at Drax's story, his would be the most to to give up because Peter Crow does lose his mother, but it's sort of Peter Crow says at some point it has to happen. Gamora loses her sister, but Nebula technically was never really his real her real sister, and it's sort of the same thing where you know, but Drax's his version is basically the most nightmarish thing that can happen is not only did your wife pass before you but his own child is gone before him which is every parent's worst nightmare so it's very difficult for Drax to do this and it just it makes so much sense why he would take it without hesitation it's not a fault of Drax's character it's the fault of anyone's character if Peter Quill knew he had children or if Gamora had I think they would be at like they would have done the same thing if they knew that they could be in a world with them so it's very Drax takes it very well, though. It's, it's surprising how Drax was very hesitant to leave, but then he ends up accepting it and takes it very well, and he takes it into his own hands, which takes a lot of strength for Drax to do. And major props to the writing team for having Drax not only be the funniest character, but also the most dramatically tragic character in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he might be my favorite of the five um, written in this game because he mm. can be so funny but at the same time like some of the things that he says can ring so true mm-hmm. and then so now they're on they're on the ship everyone's there Adam Warlock's there and he has a sort of a uh, he wants to be the leader but obviously this is Peter Quill's ship I know He's it's an leader. uneasy relationship yeah. between he... Star-Lord and Adam <laughs> He goes into Peter's room, and there's another fu- funny part that we skipped out, but we should say this is optional dialing, but everyone should do, is where if you go to the restroom, everyone uses Peter Quill's oh, toothbrush for different yeah, reasons. Yeah, that is so, I remember that happening the first time, it kind of spooked me, like a jump scare, like what? <laughs> like, you open the door, like, I'm like, oh, shoot. Groot uses <laughs> it, Rocket uses it to brush his, like, eyebrow, his eyes to get, like, all, like, like to make them all clean, and there's, a, and there's a part where he's about to use the toothbrush, and he goes, wait a minute. He's like, I know where this has been. He said, what am I thinking? That's a good joke and all, but I think my favorite one is that the fridge never stays shut. It's oh, it always doesn't. open. It's always open. Every time you walk past the fridge, it's open. <laughs> anyway, where were we in the story? 
it's where they're they're at a point where they they're they're sort of looking like yeah we have Adam Warlock but we have no army there's no one on our side and so now they're saying what if we get Co- uh, Cosmos and also we get someone th- I forget I think it's Dry says what about Lady Hellbender and then Peter Cole says I don't think that's a smart idea and it's, it's like, not happening gang yeah <laughs> and then one of my favorite jokes happens at this moment where. They just say, well, let's just see what she says. And then she answers it, and on the top of her line, she'll she'll scream Guardians of the Galaxy super loud, and they just end the call right there and just say, yeah, she doesn't seem to be happy. So now they're saying, yeah, Cosmos will be will be a good option, but we need, like, we need something. So it's like, Lady, it's Liddy Hellbender. We don't know anyone else. So then Peter says... Well, she's into to creatures, right? She's into exotic animals. Well, what if we get something she doesn't have that we can guarantee? That it is a, a mission that they may fail in, and, you know, this might be their last one, but if they're going to do it, they're going to do it trying to save the world. And obviously this is a, a creature Dra- uh, Drax has been saying throughout the entire game. Oh, you talking about Fing Fang Foom? Fing Fang Foom. Drax in the entire game always mentions Fing Fang Foom. Was like, I know. what about Fing Fang Foom? I was like, no, actually no, cheering when they finally said they were going to get to him. Um, yeah. Because he had been saying it so much. And uh, I, like, I know who Fing Fang Foom is. I do like this game's representation of him. Um, but before they do that, they do head off to, to nowhere where mm. they do save Cosmo. Cosmos is the place is basically now being turned. Like everyone's either you know being part of the cult. Cosmos was was given a promise where his promise was just to go back home, be at Earth. Earth with his family. Yeah, right. To just be with his owners and just his family, and that he thinks that he's there and he wants to. It's sort of the same thing where it's Drax, where he just wants to be there. But then Peter Quill points out that you know, like trust your nose, Cosmos. Like you can't even smell their feet. Like there's nothing you can smell. He says you're right. I can't smell anything, which is a dialogue that I believe you can miss because you cannot get Cosmos out of his. Uh, yeah, promise. there is an optional thing where you can actually fail to fail. save Cosmo from his thing, from his promise. Also, it's like the cube um, thing with a uh, rocket. The the cube. How this game has oh, a lot yeah. of those. Uh, your story, like I said, your story. Gubbins or whatever different. his name is, the yeah. little cube <laughs> where you yeah. distract uh, Riker. This comes a little bit later. Yeah, this game is one of the say was one of the things where different things can have different outcome, and your dialogue will not be the same from someone else's gameplay. Not like different. Let's say like um, it's not like a Fallout Qua- Four no. level of like oh everything will be completely different. What, what's the different. new game like uh the from the people who made Until Dawn the 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 quarry the quarry like it's not like that where it's like to the T where it's different options, but it is very much, you can have one playthrough be different from the other. Yeah, there are five or six little things that you can make a choice with that will give you, like, a different part of a level or a different outcome cutscene mm-hmm. in response to it. So now we're at the point where we are going to Maklu 4. Mm-hmm. And this is another one of those things where they're just, like, really hyping something up like they did with Hellbender. Like, Drax is telling all kinds of tales about um the fights against fin fang foom and they're like Mm. oh it's a glorious day for battle and stuff like that (laughs) it's like they're really hyping it up so it's it was very cool to see that foom was actually as mighty and like terrifyingly destructive as the legends had said in probably the biggest set piece boss battle of the game aside from chapter 16 yeah, it, it, it definitely helps Drax's character because this Fing Fang Fung is a beast that most of his people would fight either for for glory or, or for their end. But in either way, they, they would end up with glory. So it's sort of a 
rite of passage for Drax to do this. It's sort of this is why he's been always the ultimate thing glory. Thankful. Yeah, this is what his people would assume. This is the it, this is it. This is the ultimate thing you can do. I did appreciate one of the the team saying, like in the legends, they heard that he had purple shorts because there are renditions of Fing Fang Foom where he's got purple Hulk esque shorts on, like back in the comics and stuff <laughs> so like there's even little nods to comics fin fang foom but they're not here to kill him they're mm-hmm. here to tame him they're basically. trying to take it to pay to lady hellbender to 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 basically all all debts and everything will will all things will be back to even ground that there'll there'll be no bad blood between them but before they can take him to her she shows up for that yeah and, and sort of the they're kind of like uh they end up you know, actually defeating Fing Fang Foom, but like in a very literal way where Fang Fang Foom's not gonna make it. This this creature is not gonna survive because they oops, they went a little too hard. Which finally answers one of my things when I played through it was why does Groot's final ability not appear yet? I was like when this uh-huh. seems to be, you know, pretty close towards the end of the game, why is you know his ability not coming up? Turns out that Groot just like you would assume he would be is a healer so grew with his ability basically heals fing fang fung and basically brings it from almost completely leaving you know the universe so this is this is grew saving everyone's you know saving everyone basically because lady hellbender was gonna just destroy my then and there because she was now even more upset that fing fang fung was going away like mm-hmm. you really just killed fing fang fung now I'm, I'm gonna end you i know and if if Foom had actually died there, I'd feel sorry for the Guardians because there was no getting out of that one alive. No. <laughs> I'd be more afraid of her than Foom. As, as big and scary as Foom is, I don't know if I'd want to incur, if I'd want to face her, her wrath. <laughs> so they kind of need some help fighting against the Nova Corps and mm-hmm. Riker's army after this. So it's like, she'll reluctantly accept the idea that she can help them. Mm-hmm. And they head off to the Nova ship in our final, you know, flying section. There was one earlier where you fight against um, Glory, I think. But this is the one where you're kind of like having to go in the ship and the monsters mm-hmm. are kind of helping you. And Rocket throws Peter Quill's Walkman into space as like, so they Sad. can like distract the with it. And I'm like, yeah. no, not the Walkman, no. <laughs> But it's it's a cool setup for a scene where Peter Quill will jump up and grab the the uh, cassette player with Foom coming back behind him like a like a metal album cover. But that's a little ahead of them getting like their golden suits and going in for like the final onslaught against the Faith Army. It's Adam Warlock goes on his own, so we assume Adam Warlock is going to try to do everything. So now it's a giant battle. And it's just, this is where learning your entire fighting throughout the entire game kind of plays in where you use all his abilities, his freezing, his uh, wind, I think he has a wind one, he has Yeah, a, the wind, the fire, and the, the electricity. Fire one. Use all the characters' abilities, like uh, Gamora's helping you get up to higher levels, Drax's ability to grab heavy objects and to move them, Rocket to crawl into small spaces and to open doorways, Groot to build bridges, you use everything here. It's just you know sort what of I like, really liked about that too? You know how you spend a lot of time telling the Guardians what to do, like build this bridge here, mm-hmm. crawl through this hole? There was a point towards the end of the game where you didn't have to do that anymore because you had done it so much, the characters would actually, like, scripted, obviously, but they would yeah, start doing Rue it without being prompted. And I thought that is such a cool thing to put in there. Yeah, 
but it's sort of the the gameplay is very well done because the it doesn't take you out of battle where you have to do a super long sequence to get a character to do something. You just press a button with the command and they'll do mm-hmm. it. And it doesn't take you out of Peter's perspective. You don't have to fight as the character. They're just using their abilities and their abilities all have different ways of destroying enemies and you know one can you know some of them take out ways of enemies while one is for yeah more individual rockets attacks. grenade thing is good for crowd control root can trap enemies from roots from below so, the ground and you can combo them it's not a one yes. time that you have to wait you can throw groots capturing them and throw rockets rocket and then it, it basically now takes them all out it's like so press have- buttons and something cool will happen have exactly. that combo screen open press any combination of two buttons and they will absolutely do something comboing off each other helping in some sort of way exactly um so with everything we've learned this far combat wise puzzle solving wise and story wise everything we've faced up to this point we finally reach a point where we are face to face with the matriarch who is nikki under the Mm -hmm. possession of magus's promise and Mm -hmm. we need to take down Right, uh, we need to take down Grand Unifier Raker, um, but first we need to break Nikki free of that promise. So we have a scene yeah. that showed up once earlier where we are at like a surprise birthday party for Corel, and Peter mm-hmm. Quill has to smash the cake and the present and the little like projector thing that they have. And this is mm-hmm. also where he finds out from Corel, who's dead, but like this is a vision of her in the promise that Nikki was. Uh, a, a child who was orphaned in during the war. It's yeah, not this actually is, Peter Quill's kid. It's not just. It's not just Peter. It's not like his kid. It's also not her kid. This is a child yeah. who was orphaned through the war, and she felt that you know that she had to take care of it because you know this is a child. She wasn't just going to leave it there and just like because I believe for her her rank is that you have to with her species that you can't. Like it has to be basically it's their gotta species, be them. and that's it. Yeah, it cannot be anyone else. So that's why at first you think it's Peter's because she dyes her hair from 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 blonde to blue. But it's because she's just from a different species, regardless. She's not part of their their species, anyways. But you know they're trying to put this big secret. But it turns out, yeah, Peter's not the father. But Peter, you know, still's not like. He's not like he's like you know he's not he's he's not relieved of it but he's also not heartbroken he's just sort of like you know I'll take care of it cuz you know this is someone who I cared for want to take care of this person but you have to break Nikki's promise and you have to do you have to do it a couple times I remember I did it like twice because you can mess you up the You have to get the right answers in the yeah. prompt like you have to say the right thing to help her get get through it i did, i don't think i yeah. messed up the first time but i definitely messed up on my second playthrough i was like wait why am i having to do this again probably because i said yeah. something it like completely wrong like the third time because i know the first two choices were like pretty obvious i know like the choices you shouldn't pick are like blame rocket like okay blame rocket <laughs> yeah it's just sort of you have to get but then nikki eventually agrees that you know the promise isn't real she wants to believe she's the same thing as right she wants to believe in this in this thing that is real and she'd rather live in the in the lie than the truth but peter basically tells her that the truth is the only way because the lie is just the lie that there's nothing here that all this is not real and so nikki has to accept the fact that that's how it is and eventually the the animal that comes through but he's he he got beat up i guess he he got defeated 
So Adam Warlock obviously is all defeated, and now they ha- now the Guardians ha- are the ones that have to save the world because now they have to fight the final boss. So they do fight Raker, and that's a that's a mm-hmm. pretty long fight. And after that, everything seems to be like the faith energy that's dispersing. People are returning to normal. You get a nice like, walk towards uh, the screen. <laughs> takes control of the. Oh, what's yeah? It he gets the, his soul stone back. He gets the soul stone back, which also traps within the the monster that's been taking control of everyone. That spoiler, this, like I said, this is a spoiler episode. It's part of it is Adam Warlock. That the thing is part of Adam Warlock. It's his mm-hmm. it's his evil side, and he got rid of it, and he just threw it away. But sort of, he's the only one that can control this evil, and so he tries to, uh, you know, keep it, you know, contained. And he and he he yeah, tries to make it, it seem that. I'm containing it. Everything's good. We just we just defeated the the most ultimate evil, and now we're the Guardians of the Galaxy. We saved the world, and they're having their victory walk. And there's everyone hi- clapping, you know, music playing, everyone celebrating. It's like, you hey know. guys, you really missed the party. I remember yeah. he said that to one of them. And then roll credits, right? Game over. Happy. Yeah, ending. it seems everybody so, wins. Then they have the stone, and they say, and then they ask Mantis, sort of, what's the outcome if we sell it? And it's sort of bad. What's the outcome if we keep it? Bad. What's the outcome if Adam Warlock keeps it? She says the high probability that the thing will never come back is very high. That basically Adam Warlock's the only thing that can contain this thing. That if we give it to him, it's not going to be released ever again. It's very low chance it'll ever will happen again. And it does a, a fake out credits. Yeah. Then the thing <laughs> the name, eventually. The credits. Magus yeah. shows up in like a few of the names in the credits. Basically, and it sort of it shows that now Animal Warlock's being controlled by his evil side. Now he's the the villain, and now he's the final boss, and he's just like this giant of a he's Galactus size. He's the you know this this is a probably giant, Galactus power too. Probably he is probably the same as Galactus. Is literally is as if Galactus itself was right there in front of him, and so now they have to fight this giant. Oh, Animal most Warlock. important part. Not only is he alliterative now, but now he rhymes. He does. That's his. That's his greatest power. Lyric. And he wants people to to kneel before him, and then obviously they refuse. Peter Quill refuses. I mean, Peter uh, Quill refused to kneel to him. Yeah, same here. All you gotta, you what you gotta do in this part is you gotta start annoying and agitating, mm-hmm. um, Magus. You gotta start. You know, doing the the golf slow clap and everything, and saying, "Wow, our all powerful leader Magus," and then he'll start yeah. getting frustrated with that, and you can start unleashing everyone's power. And like, yeah, even he'll... Nikki is there to help. She's got like a super yeah. powered look now. Yeah, and it's just sort of like once once he he throws the random enemies and you you know waves through them. Eventually, you do defeat. I don't know if it, it completely destroys it. I believe it just contains it again, it and then seals Animal Lock is out. Basically. Yeah. It feels like they destroyed it, but there's always the Mantis always says there's always a chance it could always come up. But Animal Warlock is now at full control, where he now is at full control. He no longer has to worry about the universe. No longer has to worry about you know this thing ever happening again because you know and it, it sort of ends up on a weird thing where it ends up with technically three more additions to the Guardians of the Galaxy team because we went from you know Star Lord, we have Gamora, Rocket, Groot, Andrex. Now we have Animal Warlock, we have Mantis, and we have Nikki, who is, seems to be part of the whole crew now. Like this is going to be the crew for a while. Just think, we came into this expecting a regular Guardians of the Galaxy game. We ended up getting Fin Fang Foom, Adam Warlock, uh, a Thanos section, and heavy drama 
that was totally not something we could have anticipated from that original E3 showing. Yeah, I think what most people need to take away from this is just how everyone who first tried out the game, people were very surprised that the game was very well. It was very good. And maybe, granted, it could have done with the not-so-well-done Avengers game that may have left a, a sour taste, but I'm letting you know if you've had doubt playing this game, don't, because if you enjoy a single-player game that's well-written, well you know, well-paced, very, you know, pretty on good, like, gameplay. You know, it has maybe some people's have some reason to dislike it, but I would say I'd I enjoyed say it. I'd say sometimes, like, the it. actual combat sections or the amount of health enemies have can be an issue for, like, oh, this is taking too long. But like we said earlier at the top of the show, there are accessibility options where you can control the amount of damage that you do and you can turn that up or cooldowns or whatever. So this game really does yeah. allow you to play play how you want um, to. How you want to. So like if you're not into like, oh, this enemy does take like a minute of blasting at it to destroy, I would encourage using some of those accessibility features to alleviate that best part it does not mess with your trophy system it will not no. deny you a trophy it will not say oh but you use accessibility so we're going to take away your trophy no everything can be unlocked you can basically make peter quill like invincible and they won't take your trophies away they're just like yeah like here's a trophy like you played the game do what you want you played it the way you want to here you go here's your trophy when i did my second playthrough and i did the uh like lower the cooldowns for the characters i found myself enjoying the like combos or synergies that i could do using all all four of the characters in tandem mm-hmm. like peter quill's like the spinning blaster thing that he does in the in the air and stuff like that just like the powers are there to be used mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can turn it from like just like a, a run and gun game or a combat puzzle which is what i would consider normal difficulty to be or you could like lower the damage you do to enemies and make it harder increase the difficulty but um there's tons of ways to play it they're all like valid they're all cool they're all fun Mm. and this is a great game i will i will say for my final review to somewhat skimming the story we kind of miss a lot of parts don't think this is a very short game this is a very long 16 hours yeah it's very long if you try to play in one day it's gonna take your whole day so i will say obviously do it in parts it took me like three days to complete it because i took breaks in between i took my time with it but music is like 10 out of 10 it's one of the best because like I, I i've always been tired of the 80s theme because some people just don't do it right Guardians of the galaxy does the 80s soundtrack perfect it, it hits all the marks of what you think an 80s soundtrack would hit it obviously is missing some classics few, few it, little it things has, here it is yeah. um culture club should have been time or miss me blind instead of i'll tumble for you and yeah. i will say that for wham it should have been everything she wants instead of wake me up before you go go and i'll stand by those two decisions <laughs> and i will say that there is certain songs that aren't in the game that are very popular in the 80s but because of how expensive it would have been to get that music that's why most people don't do it 
And if you I mean, for what they got, they got some. They got some true classics. There's, there's no way they're getting anything off the Thriller album. That music is too expensive. That's the thing. Like that stuff. Like I'm telling you right now, that music is too expensive. So they're just like, we're not gonna go through. That's why you look at a lot of '80s things. I mean, look at Sega. Sega couldn't even get some sort of songs, but it's because (laughs) it's expensive. Had to throw that in there. (laughs) Music is very expensive to get the green light for. So that's why most companies just don't end up doing it. It, it, that's like you know really i would say there's a really bad part of it because obviously there's music that you would have to put in there but because there are artists that you know that that it is very expensive to get that music that's why there's a lot of that's what i'm saying like there's a lot of songs that are missing but it's not because they didn't want to do it it's because it could have just been too expensive to get because this is like a small co- this is not like rockstar games doing it. this is a, a company that's you know smaller than like it's a company that just got sold or, to embracer group yeah it's basically this is not bungie or rockstar this is a smaller company that can only get like the songs that i i would say are easily to obtain and, and um it has don't fear the reaper very mm-hmm. very good song also like a huge thing in returnal and i gotta say on the topic of the music there are probably like 15 needle drops in this game where the song the perfect song for the moment will come right on a scene it starts mm-hmm. with flock of seagulls uh ran so far away in, in the first flying part but then there's like 20 other parts where like the needle drops are like pitch perfect and so yeah gameplay or music is like great but obviously could do better you could pick and choose whatever you want story wise i really enjoyed the story i love the story i think all the characters yeah. were all written very well the, very the, likable the timing the pacing, the the out the outcome, the the drama, the the, the conflict, and then the, your your choices of what you can do can change the story. And I think I've actually had the funniest ending where the ship ends up not you know I didn't pay off my fee, so now the ship is just in the middle of nowhere, and their ship just got turned off, and so now they have to send a distress signal to someone to come pick them up and pay off. I'd not I'd not looked up the the ending of like that ending, so like it's that's funny. The first you should look at it. Very, it's hilarious. It's like it's um, like not knowing the Star Lord <laughs> thing is not real. Speaking of that, like very high effort, very very high it effort is. on that that music too. The whole, they got a whole album of Star Lord songs on there. They're like specifically mm. made. They have a music video of like the main one with like David Hasselhoff and everything on <laughs> on the YouTube channel. That's good. And then gameplay wise, the difficulty can be shift. Even on normal, it can be very difficult. I've I've died a couple times. Puzzles Some are not are too bullet difficult. Spongy. Yeah. Some the, the puzzles are not that difficult. You can kind of get it done. It, I was never stuck at one part for a very long time because of a puzzle. Oh, they uh, do th- introduce enemies that are weak to fire like five chapters before mm-hmm. you get the fire weapon. I thought that was a little weird, but yeah. a small gripe in, in terms of like the whole package here. So I say gameplay. It, it would be for me. I could say it's a, it's an eight. It's very high. There's obviously there's some things that could change to make it a ten. But for me, it's it, as as keeping it vanilla and it, as it was basically starting the game no touching any accessibility it's an eight you can tweak it here and there and it could be i can make it a 10 out of 10 somewhere like i can tweak it at accessibility somewhere and make it a 10 out of 10 combat to 10 gameplay and it's fine the collectibles kind of hard to find yeah some of the collect i i haven't found all the collectibles yeah it's very difficult to find every collectible i was thinking of when when i was playing through it again i was thinking of like remember when you talked about ghostwire and i said i lowered the difficulty because it just i wasn't getting hit but it made the enemies take less damage to destroy them, and they were attacking the same way. That's how I feel about mm. the accessibility options in this game. If you're not going to get hit, just make it so the enemies take less damage, and then you'll be able to like progress with the amazing story. And you know, like th- the way this game looks graphically is also impressive. This game seems mm-hmm. to be the whole package. Yeah, and so 
we went through gameplay, story, music, art, and honestly, the way it looks, if you would say graphics-wise, I I don't think there was anything wrong with it. I think some people were upset by the way the characters looked, but I don't know why there was hate for that, because I would assume they're trying to compare it to the MCU, and because it's similar but different it's not as similar as avengers game and it had a very unique personality to it yeah i think what people need to understand is the reason why this actor or actress or whatever they want to be perceived as the reason why they look like this comic book character is because that's they're going for they're trying to get people who look like this comic book character so the reason why you know peter quill from the movie looks like peter quill from the comics which looks like a different version from the game because they're all going by the comics they're all trying to make themselves look like the comic book character and different art can make characters look different, but that doesn't take away that Peter Quill is a like six foot tall, hair you know like no hair like comb back, you know wearing a red jacket and you know his boots and his iconic mask and Drax is a a, a like a teal color green with like crazy tattoos on him and you know all this stuff and Groot's just a giant tree and he has to look tree like and with barks and that's what I'm saying the whole point is that they're meant to look like complicated but an artist can interpret whatever they want to but they definitely hit the mark if you look at them they're the Guardians of the Galaxy you don't compare them to something that's already a different media or even the originals because someone will have different ways of portraying the characters and there's plenty of extra costumes as well. If you want your Guardians yeah. team to look completely evil, then put on those Apocalypse costumes. Or you could give Rocket a cool suit. Or you could have him wear the gold costumes and the Nova Corps costumes. Or you can have them wear the legitimate Marvel Cinematic Universe costumes. Or, like, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2014 costumes. Those are all there. Yeah, I think design-wise well done enemies also very well done the bosses were very well done some fights are a little like i said i, I had difficulty parts but it was never too difficult for me to, i wanted to give up i was just like oh i just have to redo this part and then i'm done it was never having to do a certain part like over and over and over and yeah just, it's like, got pulling a good my flow hair to it. Through. it has a very good flow you may die here and there but it's very it's it's fun i would rank guardians like honestly very high i would rank it probably like you know an eight out of 10 because i would want to see a sequel to this i think best character is i think we can both agree is drax drax is it's the best character drax. ever it's like a, it's like a revelation how good drax is in this game it's amazing how well drax is just and talk shoot shout out to, uh, shout out to the llama the llama helped us uh also i forgot how can i forget the llama's now part of the crew if oh you yeah keep the llama the, the llama's <laughs> the part guardian of the, of the, the galaxy guardians, yeah. It's part of the crew. Like the llama is now there permanently. You can't like drop the llama off anywhere. It's just part of your crew now. It just sits in the back. What a good game! <laughs> it was a great game. I, I would definitely like. I, said, I would highly recommend anyone who has never played it to play it. It's a very well done game. And if you haven't played it, but you listen to this podcast, then maybe we've uh, given you the idea to play it now. Because <laughs> there's even there's some games that even even already knowing how the story is it's still fun to play like i would say cuphead is a, a, a game that i've seen people play but i would still want to play it, 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 it the story in some ways can be spoiled but i think even let's say you listen to this podcast and we may have spoiled the entire story there's a lot of things we left out that you can go watch and experience for yourself and it's like oh yeah this wasn't part of the episode or or maybe we kind of looked over it and, i mean you know, there's like there's a thousand quotes i can think of off the top of my head from this game that we didn't say in this episode yeah they're so, all funny <laughs> so like definitely go, go experience it. it yourself if you have we kind of gave you a, a a sort of reading 
the the re- fast review of it if you i would really ex- encourage people to experience it for themselves and try to play don't look up what happens if you choose this option or that option just choose an option because most of the time it leads to the same outcome just with a different dialogue or different ending in the sense of like how i said my ship ended up just not turning on or it got turned off so it's just like just try it for yourself you can have a different experience from someone else and and it is easy to replay if you've already played it because it's so fresh and funny that even hearing the same joke a second time it still some some things i laughed harder at in my second playthrough because i'm like oh he's gonna say the thing here or i forgot that he had said the thing here and it just caught me off guard and it was like definitely definitely my favorite square enix published thing of of many years (laughs) that was pretty good robert i have a nintendo direct rumor here you do now i do now, it's interesting. Something's going on with these direct rumors. Because I, I, want, I had a theory where I mm-hmm. would... I usually announce our specials ahead of time. Mm-hmm. The week we're going to do it. Like I would say, like, oh, next week is our Guardian Special. Did not say that on our last episode. So the rumors for those episodes usually have something to tie in thematically. As if the person who sends in the rumors like, is trying to do that on purpose. But this one's just a regular rumor. A third-person Wild mm-hmm. West adventure in the Mario world. I guess that's a cool idea. We don't have anything like that. Yeah, it could, different take on it. It's mean, at, at some point... I don't know. It's, it's a definitely a different take on it. I don't know. How, how, would, how would you interpret this, 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 what we got here, this leak? It's like, like would you write... Uh, would you ride a horse? Would you have yeah. a gun? Like... Or that's a, a weird like one. a pistol, like so. It's a weird thing for Mario. Would you play as Mario? Or would this just take place in the Mario world with like a completely different set of characters, with maybe like some toads at a saloon or something? Yeah, it's weird because would it take actually takes place somewhere in the, like Mario's universe, or would it be like him going through a pipe and he ends up in a different universe? It's very, it's very weird. Like a Super Mario Odyssey, except you're just going through a dimensional thing. Kind of like Guardians go through different dimensions in that part after they meet the world mind, except it's Mario and he jumps into the western frontier dimension. I'm trying to think of different mechanics. Like, would there be, like, Red Dead mechanics to this? Maybe. I don't know. Red Dead... Red Dead... It depends on when they're... Since they're developing. If they're developing... Like, imagine Nintendo's take on a Red Dead game. (laughs) Yeah, imagine if they develop it after Red Dead 2 comes out and they can add things they could, you know, that were very prominent in Red Dead 2. But I mean, I, I was I was testing a theory here, and I think <laughs> who whoever sends in these rumors <laughs> definitely sends in certain ones for the specials. So I got him. Whoever's sending them in, I got him. But I think this will be a great game. Would it Would it be like? Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. Why did I think there was a Sonic Western game? For some reason. Because we, we had a rumor that there that was going to be a Sonic Western. I was Western. trying to think. I'm pretty sure it's, I'm thinking of a different media that did the exact same thing. Yeah. Huh. I think Mario... I think Sonic would actually work better as a Western. Mario just actually, doesn't seem like the type of game that could be a Mario Western. But, you know, Western. Nintendo does surprise. Mario Party. There's a Western-themed minigame oh, in this. There, Mario there are Party Western too, themes, yeah. yeah. There are Western themes in Mario. That's true. And I don't ever remember seeing any cowboy hats in Sonic except Knuckles wore one in the Sonic OVA. Oh, the answer was right in front of us the whole time. He's not riding a horse. He's riding Yoshi. Ah, uh, there we go. Makes and sense. And this game could be called <laughs> Super Mario Frontier. 
Not to be confused with Sonic Frontiers. Because <laughs> I see no Western Frontier in Sonic Frontiers. So, Super Mario Frontier. It's got to be coming whenever the General Direct drops. Which, whenever that crossing is. my fingers. Crossing my fingers. But for right now, Robert. Robert the Destroyer. Would you say we've done an episode? I should wrap up this episode. It's a very long episode. It's a nice little Guardian special. The long-awaited Guardian special that I have been saying we were going to do for <laughs> a long time now. So, as always, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. Please leave a five-star review. And we'll be back next week with presumably a regular episode. Uh, so, for right now, there's not much left to say except the obvious sci-fi thing to say, and that is that the real Star Fox 64 3D was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.